0: Welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the word of God. Well, just as we come around the word today and we're going, I said we we didn't get through everything last week, so we're going to continue with where we um, left off. Let's just pray as we do so. God, we thank you for this word today. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your word lights our way. It illuminates our path. And I've pray that even as I'm teaching you, give revelation into my heart. Give revelation to every heart here from your word this morning. Holy Spirit, that you would anoint these lips, that you would anoint me as I would bring and and teach this morning the importance of this message in the name of Jesus. We thank you and praise you. Amen. So um, last week we were talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is is in us, the kingdom of God is among us, hallelujah, and uh, we kind of left off when we were talking about the apostle Paul, and he was driven by this vision in his life, this vision of the kingdom, and really he was talking about um, reaching one person at a time. And because Kevin's with us today, welcome Kevin, my firstborn son. So glad to have him. (laughs) He may not get on that plane on Wednesday morning. (laughs) So, um, but because he is here today, you know, I'm so delighted for both Kevin and Crystal that have... um, reached to their school friends, and uh, not only have reached to their school friends, but each of them have a school friend, someone they met in school, with them in church today. And um, for Kevin, that person is Dale. And just before the youth go out, I just wanted to come up, Kevin, I just wanted to ask them one or two questions, and then we're going to be talking about this one-on-one evangelism. So, Kevin, you reached out to Dale. What age was he? What how how did you pick Dale? What, why Dale and not others in your class?
1: Trust me, I didn't pick Dale. I um, <laughs> just it just sort of happened. Um, well, just a, it's a it's a long story, but I'll I'll keep it as short as possible for you. Many of you have met Dale. Um, he's he's a really lovely guy. He's just been a stronghold in my life, and I've just been a uh, a stronghold in his but um, it's funny how it starts off is when you're discipling someone you're a stronghold to them and then in your bad times they come back and they really sow into your life as well so I was about uh, we're about 18 years old we were in school and deal really wasn't in my my friend group or anything like that but we were studying for an exam now I knew Dale was smart okay that was one thing so um, i I got with him and we started uh, we started revising together and stuff on the exam. I was asking him questions because it was coming up to the day before and but anyway i got got really talking talking to him and um I'd, he'd been in my classes for a while I'd kind of known his situation, and deal loved football he was playing football four to five times a week um, I guess we would call it soccer over there but uh and he was just he was loving it you know he was just a very athletic person but for about four or five months he wasn't actually able to play any football in fact it was actually painful for him to walk because um, he'd injured he'd injured his back really bad to the point where you know he even walking would cause pain so football was out of the question um we just started going to the gym but Jim was out of the question and everything for him as well and it was just a very very hard time in his life and you know I was up there and uh I put it off maybe a few days and but You guys know yourself. You know the Holy Spirit talks to you, you know, and he he's a gentleman, so he's not gonna he's not gonna force you to do it. It says he comes and knocks on the door, and you just have to open up that door for him, welcome him in. So the Holy Spirit just told me, and I just bit the bullet and I said the deal. I knew we had a healing meeting coming up. We were doing the monthly at the time. My dad was, and deal wasn't a Christian or anything as well. So being being in high school, everything else it can be kind of nerve wracking to talk to your friends about Jesus. But I just said, I just said, hey. You know, we've got this healing meeting coming up. What, what would you think about going to it? I said, worst comes the worst, you know you know you, you're still, still the way it are, but best comes the best, you know you get you get healed. Long story short, so we went to this, he went to the healing meeting. My dad laid hands on him, and instantly, Dale got healed instantly, and uh, we actually dropped him off, what, two, three miles before his home, on the way back, and he sprinted all the way home, full speed. No pain at all. Never had any issues Yeah, <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God for that. And um, yeah, ever since then, Dale got saved that same night as well. And he's just been going, he's been going with the church, going strength to strength. And uh, he's been even more of a strength to me than I, I have to, to him lately. So it's just amazing what God can do. But again, for, for the young ones here, and not even the young ones of all ages, it just goes to show how easy it would have been for me. To say, no, nah, I don't. That's a little bit uncomfortable for me. Do you know what I mean? To to ask him to do that. Now I've got a, a lifelong lifelong best friend who's just been with me through thick and thin and just everything. Do you know what I mean? Literally, someone who would take a bullet for me. So, it's just if you get that, I would call it a niggle. And when I say that in America, they start laughing. They've never heard that word before. But if you get that niggle from the Holy Spirit, just make sure that you act on it every single time. So, yeah.
0: So another wee question just for again some of the school school age kids in here i'm sure as well you had to overcome bringing your friend dale to church and then on, on top of that your father was the pastor um how did you get over that because that's probably when you think the holy ghost is saying invite somebody invite them the next thing you think oh what will they think when i get to church
1: yeah, so everyone here has it probably a little bit easier if your parents aren't pastors. I'm just letting you know that right now. So you guys have a head start. But um yeah, I would just make sure I would just make sure that uh you get past it. And um, here the thing is as well, you know, when I'm when I'm witnessing to someone or I'm telling someone about Jesus and maybe they don't accept it or something else, I would always just word it to them and it's it's so true, you know. I would say to them, you know, I'm witnessing to you. I'm telling you about Jesus because I care about you. Do you know what I mean? I care about your future as well. And, you know, that's it. I mean, we can we can butter everything up, okay? And that's absolutely fine. But at the end of the day, you know, there's two places that are, you're going, you know, heaven or hell. And when it comes to that day or the rapture, I don't want to look at that person in the eyes and see them go down to the other place, okay? So, I just say to them, look, I'm, I'm telling you about Jesus because I care about you. If, I, if you're around someone all the time and you don't tell them about Jesus, you don't care about them. And I know that may sound harsh, but you just don't love them enough. Okay, so you tell people about Jesus because you love them. So I think that's it.
0: Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, just, as, um, just before Kevin said that at the last, you know, that if you're around somebody and you haven't, even, you haven't taken that step yet, you don't love them enough. Just before he went there, I heard the Holy Spirit to say to you all, as I'm preaching now, Holy Spirit is going to bring somebody up in your heart. It could be a face, it could be a name. Someone's going to come up. And everything we're talking about is one on one evangelism, discipleship. And the person that Holy Spirit brings up, let's trust that's the person you're going to get the confidence, get the boldness. Because we're going to trust that the one that comes up in your heart is the one that God wants you to start telling your story to. You don't have to be all. Um, you know, religious about everything. Just tell them what Christ has done in your life. It's not about even church. Oh, BCC is so wonderful. No, don't preach BCC. Preach Christ. Preach Jesus. Preach what he has done in your life, what he is doing, what you are are believing him for. Amen? Preach Jesus. Hallelujah. So very quickly then, Last week, we were looking at Colossians in chapter 1, verse 27 to 29, and um, this was the mystery that was given to Paul, says, to them, God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery, this hidden truth among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So, that's what Paul was preaching with, uh, and um, he, he was burdened with this and driven by this vision, Christ Is in you, Christ, the hope of glory in you. And verse 28 says, Him we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end that I labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. Hallelujah. So um, that's what Paul was talking about last week we looked at you know this could have said all men but it said every man it's bringing a personal every man amen it's having a personal relationship with jesus i was with somebody yesterday and i was sharing with them you know about the lord and uh they were concerned about their spouse and i was saying put your spouse just put them aside this is a personal relationship this is your relationship with the lord we're talking about you can't have a relationship with the Lord for someone else. It's personal. It's personal. Amen. So every man. So we're called to preach. And in that same verse in the, in the Amplified Classic, it says, Him we preach and proclaim. So we're called to proclaim. We're called to preach the good news. Amen. And it's not enough just for here. It's not enough. I could, you know, preach in the good news from week to week, because how is everybody out there going to hear it's us going to them. Amen. Preaching, proclaiming the good news, warning, admonishing every man, and instructing everyone in all wisdom, comprehensive insight into the ways and the purposes of God, that we may present everyone mature. Now, that is the goal. That is the goal to present each one of us mature, fully grown, fully initiated, complete, and perfect in Christ. The anointed one. So we're to preach Christ, preach Him, don't preach church, don't preach how wonderful and you've got the best pastor in Northern Ireland. Please don't preach that. <laughs> you should be laughing there. Don't preach that. You're preaching Jesus. Warning every man. Teaching. A teaching is so important that you teach. You see, if we just stop at preaching, Preaching is telling somebody, you know, how good the Lord is, the good news. But then you've got to teach people how to follow the Lord. You've got to teach people how to read the Bible. Where to start reading in the Bible? You know, this is a good way to pray. You've got to teach people things. Um, so it's so so important. Uh, teach people how to lay hands on the sick, how to lead someone in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's what discipleship's all about. Amen. So we're called to one-on-one evangelism. As I read the quote, Mitch said, "Discipleship starts with one-to-one evangelism," is what Kevin gave us an example of. And then you don't leave that person. You you disciple them. You be in their end of the phone or the end of the text, ready for the questions. You say, "Come with me. Come with me." If if they're in their locality, come with me to this church. You believe it's a good church, God's planted you there, bring them here where they can be instructed, come with me. Get them, you know, going through the connect classes. So our connect classes, when somebody comes to Christ, the very first thing you do here in this church is get them watching the connect classes or taking the notes yourself and teaching somebody the connect class, first class love of God. Who's been doing those classes recently? Getting ready for encounter. Have they been a blessing to you? You've been learning? That's the first thing about being a disciple is going through those classes. But that's not enough. And then we've provided that encounter weekend that a lot of us have been on. And we're not going to spoil it for those that are about to go. But a tremendous time of that weekend just to push people on further in the walk with the Lord. And after that, there's more classes then. Then after that, whoever's discipling you should be training you. How do you lay hands on the sick? How do you prophesy? What's prophecy? What's it all about? You'll be learning that. I should be able to call on any one of you up here and say, come on, on, lay hands on that person. Or lead that person, baptism in the Holy Spirit. And all of you, if you've been disciples, should be able to do that. That's what a disciple is. And if you are not able to do that, then you're going to have to go back and go. Okay, where do I need to fill in gaps? I don't know that, Pastor Karen. Well, why not? What class did you miss? Where have you not been taught? So you go go back and go. I need to learn that. I need to learn that. I need to learn that. Amen. So praise God, so that you're going to be able to instruct others as well. And. Um, So the whole goal, what Paul was saying, when he went somewhere, he wasn't just making a convert. He wasn't just leading someone to the Lord. Oh, now, here you go. You got your ticket to heaven. You're okay. You know, eternal life. Well, it's eternal life. You know, we're all spirits. We all know we're a spirit. We live in a body. We've got to have a body to carry that spirit around. We have a soul. But when we die, when anybody dies, whether they're, you know, a Christian or not, they're going to live forever. Everybody, when they die, is going to live forever. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him will have everlasting life. But what about the person who doesn't receive Jesus as saviour? He's going to have ever, he's going to live forever. So the Lord was talking about more than just being in heaven, everlasting life, knowing this word, knowing how to, to live successfully, knowing how to have good success, knowing how to walk in divine health. Not from miracle to miracle, but no actually walking in health, knowing what it is to be prosperous, knowing how to have prosperity in your family and relationships, knowing what it is to choose the right partner in life. All of this, all of this, having abundant life. Amen. So the goal of Christianity is not just to go out and when we're going to start going in the doors, not the doors, would you like to receive Jesus as Savior and Lord? And we're going to provide training for this. So don't be, you know, there's going to be training and I'd love you all to come and, and be trained in that. Um, but it's not enough just to, oh, come on, can you read this? Can you say this prayer after me? Oh, now you're a Christian, you're going to heaven and you leave them. Because we know if we leave them, how will they grow? How will they know anything about the Lord? Do you see why when someone's led to the Lord, they're going to have to be straddled alongside somebody? So that there's no gaps in their learning? I mean, you look at our school system. It's very well thought out. And changed so much since I went to school. We had to study for two years before we took an exam, and now everybody's just nursed through, nursed through, nursed through with, you know, it's changed so much. But they're thinking through that they don't want any gaps in education. When it comes to the body of Christ, oh my goodness. Let's enrol a P1 in P1. Now they're in school. Hallelujah. They've made it to school. Now let's just let, come to, just come, come every week. If you want to come once a week, that's okay. It'd be good if you come two or three times a week and the kid gets to eight. T- oh, no. Oh, sorry. Now, after seven years, you pick another school. You're ready to go to another school. And... Uh, they go another five or seven years at that other school. Now you've made it. Oh, you've graduated out of school. what do they know? What gaps do they have? But don't wait, doesn't it be like that in church? So we're going to have to fill out these. We're going to fill out these gaps. And Paul realized, I'm going to have to win some of the Lord, but I can't leave that person. I'm going to have to instruct them. I'm going to have to teach them. And praise the Lord they had Paul because Paul had such revelation. They're being discipled by Paul. But guess what? We've no excuse. Because Paul, now, all the letters he wrote to the churches and disciples are in this book. You know, all we have to do is read them over and over and over and over and over. Amen? And we're being discipled in this word. And with a person that you trust alongside you. When we put on classes here, how to lead some of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, how to lay hands on the sick, how to prophesy, get to them. Say, Oh, that I've got a gap. I need I need to learn that. Don't just go, that's not for me. Oh no, sorry, that's not for I just come along on a Sunday and I, you know, I I bring my tithe and I bring my giving and I love to praise God and I go away for another week. Now, that's not being a disciple. I think it was one of the quotes I read out last week. A disciple. It's not just somebody comes to church and goes again. You're living for the Lord all through the week. Amen? Applying this word to your life. I hadn't planned to say any of that, so I'm probably completely lost now. Um, So 1 Thessalonians 2 and 11, Paul writes and he says, As you know, You know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does, his own children. So he had, they took that father's heart. He cared so much about those that he was leading to the Lord and instructing. In Acts 20 and verse 21, Paul said, Therefore, be always alert and on your guard being mindful that for three years he was talking about Ephesus, I've never stopped night or day seriously to admonish and advise and exhort you one by one with tears. One by one with tears. So that's what we looked at, that Paul was able to build powerful, powerful churches because he did that one by one. And um, he poured into that person, and then he, he moved on to another place. Um, he'd spent three years in Ephesus, 18 months in Corinth. Typically, would have stayed about three to six months, forming disciples, and then he would have left. And in, in, in fact, um, one of his disciples, I don't believe he went to... Um, or Colossae. How do you pronounce that? The Colossians. Anyway, one of his disciples went there and started a church. He didn't even go. So what he did was he discipled, he discipled people, and he trained people, and then he sent them forth. Not everybody, but he sent people forth, and they started churches. Amen. They were just, they they went out started churches so from Ephesus it was like a commercial hub disciples were sent out from there to other places you know Carol had a word a number of months ago I was in the office and she came she says I, I got this from the Lord last night and so witness with my heart she said she she got from the Lord that BCC was like base camp of Mount Everest and with it said the dictionary definition of a base camp is a main encampment providing supplies and shelter, communications for persons engaged in wide-ranging activities such as exploring, reconnaissance hunting, or mountain climbing. And uh, it's so witness with me because our heart, our vision, is to make disciples and to plant other churches. This house has planted churches, but we want to be more purposeful about planting other churches. So... That all will come from discipleship, and it's the Bible model. It's what Paul said and what Paul instructed us to do. So we want to be according to the word in everything that we do. Amen? We talked about last week, a lot of the time the church, you know, even there's mass evangelism, mass crusades, of are getting the good news out there to people. But then all of those people, it's great, they've got their ticket to heaven, but they need to be discipled also. And um, there's only so much can be done in a morning meeting. And most of you aren't taking notes. So next week, it'll be out. Unless you've got a great memory. So the real work is done one-to-one. Is everybody getting that point? One-to-one. So do you remember last week, I'd had Ryan put up a slide... And I I said, there's a phrase I want us to adopt in here. It's, who's your one? Remember? Say to your neighbor, who's your one? Who's your one? So maybe God's brought that face or that name before you. And if he hasn't, I believe by the end of this time together that he's going to bring that person up before you. Amen. Who's your one? That's the phrase that we're adopting in here. So the goal of discipleship is to bring every man to Christ-likeness, a follower of Jesus. So many people, you see, if they're just converts, if they've just known the Lord accepted him as Savior and they've not been instructed, that's how all these ideas come in. And people come into the church, well, we think church should go this way. and uh, We think this should happen. and And, you know... I listen to people and I hear them saying funny things at times and I go, where did that come from? They've probably heard somebody else. But because they've not been discipled or instructed correctly, then you've got all these thought patterns going on and a lot of them are formed by the world. So, um, let me see. We are talking about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God manifests in, in, in our lives. And it goes back to that scripture. Be um, doing to have good success, Joshua 1 and 8. You want to be a doer of the word. Because the kingdom of God's not going to manifest in the lives of disobedient people. It's not going to happen. That's why there's so much in the word of uh, talking about if you obey my commandments, if you do my word, obey and do or look in the mirror, see what you're seeing, obey and do So it's not just everything goes. It's not just what I think and that goes. It's not. The kingdom, the king wants to rule in my life, rule in my heart, rule in every heart. And when he rules, he is present. Amen? And things happen. So the king wants to rule. He wants to rule in our heart. You know, and if we're born again um, and we... If we're, we're not obeying God in areas of our life, then what happens is those areas, we just get into a muddle. We just muddle along in defeat. and We don't want that because God has caused us to come from a place of victory. He does not want his children living in defeat in any area of their life. You know, God's going to get as much goodness to us as he can, but how much peace, how much blessing are we missing out on because we're not doing it the word way. So, disciple comes, you know, that word discipline. You've got to be disciplined. Have a disciplined life. Amen. Um, let me see. I'm looking for that word. I cannot... Okay. Um, the word, uh, I can't f- oh, here it is. Webster's definition of admonish, warning every man, admonish is to indicate duties or obligations to. Indicate duties or obligations to. That's the difference. If we just make converts and they come in, they think they can do what they want. People think, why do you have to even go to church? Sure, I can watch church online and that's great and that's been useful for that time. But no, the word says you come together. It's one of the things, oh, don't forsake the assembling, the coming together. So when you are admonishing and warning somebody, you're indicating duties, you're indicating obligations. It talks about discipline, doesn't it? And because we are flesh beings, a lot of times our flesh doesn't want to hear those things. And our flesh can just bucket that and go, I'm not going to that church anymore. Off I go to this church. They'll just leave me alone because I just want to come and I just want to sit and I want to get up and I just want to go and have my week and I want to do the same next week. Leave me alone. That's flesh. But we're spirit beings and that word is used by Paul. He says admonishing everyone, every man, admonish, admonish. Admonish. The Word talks about speaking the truth in love. We're called to speak the truth. But we're living now in a society where you have to tippy-toe. Everything's tippy-toe, tippy-toe, tippy-toe. Not according to Paul. Paul didn't say, no, when you lead a convert to the Lord, you tippy-toe round them so that they don't get offended and go back in the world. You'll not find a verse of Scripture to that effect He says, preach Jesus. Warn, admonish every man. Teach, instruct them in righteousness. Disciple them. He talks about being a soldier in the army of God, not a baby with a dummy in the mouth. Don't say that to me again. I've hurt my feelings. We're soldiers in the army. And if every pastor would preach this throughout this land, we'd have an army in Ireland. I'm talking under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. We'd have an army in Ireland. We wouldn't have a lot of babies. That have been saved for years and years and years and don't know their priorities and don't know that Jesus is coming and he's coming again. He could be coming within 10 years. And we're called to reach out, we're called to win, we're called to, to go and make disciples. And it takes work, it takes work, it takes a lot of work. It takes prayer. It takes effort. But we're so busy with our own lives. We're so busy with this and busy with that. And the enemy's busy. Keep us busy, busy, busy from the main work. And Jesus will come. And we will give an answer. But I'm going to give an answer for this church. So forgive me for speaking truth and love. Because God's doing something in the inside of me. It's waking me up. We have a job to do. We've got to get out. We've got to do it. We've got to go to the streets. We've got to get the horse box. Out, reaching kids. We've got to get this place finished. We've got to invite people. We've got to, as Kevin says in school or in our workplaces, when the Holy Ghost says, tell them, tell them. We've got to do it. And when the enemy says, oh, it's too hard and you can't, we've got to fight through that. and say, I'm not accepting that. Every argument he puts in our way and he's going to put it in our way, we're going to say, I'm not listening to you. I'm listening to what I hear. I'm a sheep, and I hear the voice of the shepherd. I'm going to hear the voice of the shepherd. Amen? So we're to focus on the heart, you know, the heart of people as we win them to the Lord. God wants to transform people from the inside out. Because if the heart doesn't change, there's not going to be any outward manifestation there's the character's not going to change and they're not going to be they're not going to be a christ follower they're just going to be the same and you may say well how, i'm not god how do i know what's in somebody's heart you won't know what's in somebody's heart unless you give it a period of time now we're not called to judge anybody but we are called to be fruit inspectors and the Bible says if there's been a change and a repentance in somebody's heart, you give that a few months and you will see change. You'll see change in behavior. You'll see change in talk. You'll see change in habits. You'll see change in addictions. Won't happen overnight, but you will see change if that person's truly repentant and born again and a disciple. On the road to being a disciple. That's how you can tell if there's truly been heart change. If you're not seeing heart change after a couple of months and a year, two, three, four, five years, don't con yourself, there's not been a heart change. we want to see that heart change amen so a disciple is a learner a disciple is a follower and we want to have hungry disciples in here we've had that word said that hungry hearts are going to come in hungry hearts it's lovely to be surrounded by hungry hearts you know show me this teach me that i've got this question you almost see them come and you want to run but it's still it's lovely it is lovely cuz they're hungry they're hungry You'd much rather have that than, than no change. So we need to bring people in to Christ, to let them, let them know how wonderful, how awesome he is. We can't live without him. Let them know, I couldn't live without Jesus. I don't know how you would get through that situation without Jesus. He's my best friend. He's the one that's helped me. He's the center of my life. You want people to fall in love with him. Amen? You know, pastors are not called to build big churches. But if you build big people, in other words, you build disciples, the result is you're going to have a big church. You're going to have a strong church. That's just the natural result. So it's not about accumulating a whole lot of people in here. I'd rather have five strong disciples or people with hungry hearts learn to be a disciple than 100 converts sitting on a chair every week. Give me five disciples. You see, a big crowd can come in here next week and we go, oh, the place is full, isn't that awesome? The praise and worship is awesome. But if they're not discipled, that big crowd will go out whenever they feel like it. Whenever the flesh gets aggravated enough, off they go. Bye. But a disciple will stay in place because they're a soldier. And a soldier is trained. If you're on that post, you don't move from that post, doesn't matter what's going on with you. Until you get the command to withdraw, Till you get injured, And now you can be taken away. That soldier holds their place. Soldier, disciple, they're the same. Convert, they've got their ticket. What do you know about me, says the Lord, when they get up to heaven? Uh, I think you're a good God. They told me that in church. What have you experienced in my goodness? Not a lot, Lord. Really? Why? Nobody told me, or maybe I didn't find out. But I got my ticket. <laughs> it's more than that. I'm not playing down salvation, you understand? To be a disciple, it starts with salvation. But that is not the goal. The goal is go and make disciples. Not go and make converts. Go and make disciples. Go make go and make disciples. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I think our time has gone, but praise the Lord. Let's let's bow our heads. We're gonna We're going to pray, and and we're going to come into our special giving time. But let's respond to this word this morning. Oh, we thank you, Holy Spirit, for this word. We thank you for what you are trying to get across to, to us, Lord, as a body of people. Lord, that you want us to be a disciple, and you want us to be a soldier in the army of God, your army. And you want us to lead people to Christ. But you don't want us just to leave them to find their own way. You want us to stay with them and instruct them as we're learning. You want us to train them as we're being trained. So, Father, I thank you. And I just proclaim, Lord God, that even this week and the following week, people... Those faces that have come up in our hearts this morning, that face, that person's name, we just thank you, Lord, for our one. Lord, those that raised their hands last week believing for their one, I thank you they have their one that they can start pouring into, lead to Christ and start pouring into. And that you will be teaching us. Each one of us, because every person that we're reaching is different. And you will know how fast and how slow, what sort of diet they need. But God, I thank you. that You're going to help us in this. And we're going to help each other form and make disciples. That this church would be a strong church. Doing great exploits for you. That you've designed. That we have many disciples here. And not just disciples, that we have disciple makers raised up in here. And we have people, countless people that we can say, we can say, is God speaking to you? Can you go? Can you start that church? We thank you and we praise you that nothing is too hard. Expand our vision, Lord God. Grow it into what you have for this people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, hallelujah. I prayed at the beginning of that message that God would give greater revelation in my heart on this subject, and I have received, as I was teaching this morning. Can you keep me in prayer? Every week, if you just remember to pray, Paul said himself, he says, pray for utterance for me. In other words, if you pray, whoever, I'm mostly in the pulpit, but me or whoever's going to be in the pulpit, pray that they will have utterance from the Lord, they get revelation for what we need in here. Amen? Because I don't think any of us want to waste our time, do we? We don't want to waste it. We want to come here when we are together we want to hear what God has for us we want to get that deep well and revelation of the word thank you for joining us we look to God that he will direct your steps
1: in blessings through this week for more information visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook